you want to clean the blood off my drum set? Now, if you've had the pleasure of watching Damien Chazelle's debut feature, Whiplash, you know exactly what I mean when I say it's a hard act to follow. But follow it, he has with La La Land, which is an utterly mesmerizing and wonderful 21st century musical set in the City of Angels. Having just landed seven Golden Globes, including Best Screenplay and Actress and Actor for Emma Stone and Ryan Gosling, it's now been nominated for 11 BAFTAs, all of which, in my humble opinion, are very well deserved. I'm Edith Bowman and you're listening to Soundtracking, a weekly podcast in which the biggest names in cinema talk music. Now, in the case of both Whiplash and La La Land, the music is provided by Damien's old college roommate, Justin Hurwitz, who I'm delighted to say joins me next week. And as the former explains in just a moment, the pair have been planning this movie for years. But we begin, as the action does, with one of Justin's showstoppers that accompanies a remarkable scene on an LA freeway. This is a podcast about music. Mm-hmm. It's called Soundtracking. So you are the perfect subject for this. <laughs> um, you know, this film opens with this wonderful musical piece. The song is Another Day of Sun. Another Day of Sun. Yeah, it's pretty much what I what I wish I could do whenever I'm stuck in a traffic jam, <laughs> which is frequently living in LA. for this started because I remember speaking to you before Whiplash was released. Even then you, you were talking about a memory oh, yeah. of talking well, about even this film. Before we even shot Whiplash, this was already ready to go. It was just a matter of finding people who were willing to make it. But we uh, initially wrote it in 2010, 2011 and just couldn't get it off the ground. Actually, I made Whiplash partly as a way of finally opening the doors to this. How did La La Land start? Did the songs come first? It was the idea of this kind of a musical in Los Angeles, and that really just came from knowing Justin Hurwitz, who wrote all the songs, who was my college roommate, and we were, even back then, you know, just talking about doing a musical, talking about musicals that we loved and things we wanted to kind of 
uh, borrow and steal from, but trying to kind of think, was there some way to make a sort of mosaic kind of musical that tipped its hat to the things that we loved, but that also did something you know new with it and found a way to update the genre. And that was just a conversation that extended all the way through college, after college, finally into the writing of the script. As I was writing the script, he was writing the music. So it's been, in a way, it's been kind of one long 10 plus year journey of getting it to the screen since those first discussions. that were in that conversation? What were the ones that you remember enjoying and loving and inspiring you? This will sound pretentious, but pretty much anything before 1970, say, give or take. And it's not because I don't like the musicals after, but I think, okay, on the one hand, as a former jazz musician myself, I have a particular fondness for jazz musicals. You know, when you think of Gene Kelly and Fred and Ginger, you don't necessarily think of hardcore jazz, but at their core, those are jazz compositions, you know, or at least sort of riffing on, on the jazz idiom and the jazz rhythm section lends itself to a certain kind of dancing that other forms of music just don't. And yet at the same time, those movies are also lushly orchestrated. They're orchestrated like Tchaikovsky symphonies or something. So I loved that idea. Justin, my composer, loved that idea, that kind of approach to music making. That's why, in a way, it was such a broad sweep of time, and anything from the beginning of the genre in the early 30s all the way through the 60s. Some of the musicals we loved the most were actually those later musicals in the 60s, the French New Wave musicals that seemed to be kind of commenting on the musicals that had come before them, the Jacques Demy movies, Umbrella de Cherbourg, The Young Girls of Rochefort, that are sort of like a French answer to the American MGM Golden Age. Bonjour mon chichou, qu'est-ce que tu t'es fait là C'est rien, c'est un trou. Quels sont tous ces paquets Nos costumes de scène, de superbes robes de reine. Vite montre-les-moi, c'est tout simple et ça nous ira, je crois. C'est coquin, c'est coquin, ah qu'est-ce que j'ai faim Oui, on y va, mais patiente une minute, tu n'as pas peur qu'on fasse un peu pute. Tiens, c'est drôle, mais je n'avais pas pensé à ça.
West Side Story is the one that sticks in my brain. And the type of music that I'd never been introduced to as a child until I heard that. We talk about West Side Story from a musical standpoint a lot too because part of what's amazing about, I mean there's a lot of things that are amazing about West Side Story, <laughs> but uh, the Bernstein score there, you know, it's steeped in jazz, but it's also very much its own thing. And so you kind of ultimately talk about it as the West Side Story music. It's its own style. Yeah. And we wanted to try to follow that lead in the sense of, as I said with the movie as a whole, borrowing from the things that we loved and definitely approaching a lot of the music from what you'd call an old-fashioned perspective. orchestra, you know, not using any sort of uh, electronic samplings, uh, recording the orchestra all together in one room, big 95-piece uh, ensemble, wow. and obviously certain approaches to the orchestration that were very old-fashioned and analog, but at every moment in terms of the composition, in terms of the approach to the unfolding of the songs, we wanted to find ways to update and find ways to yeah. maybe subvert the songs. There's a little bit of jazz in the music, there's a little bit of classical, there's a little bit of pop song. So trying to get at that simplicity of emotion, of narrative, it's kind of like a grab bag of things, but the hope is always that it's just its own thing. piece orchestra blows my mind the idea of hearing that sound lie I think I would self-combust <laughs> <laughs> that's how I felt when it was happening <laughs> uh, luckily Justin was keeping his cool because he had to actually do work that day I got to just sit there and take the back seat must be a wonderful feeling though to have this thing that you've had in your brain for the last 10 years to see it actually happening and hear it come together. In a way that was like every part of the process of actually making the movie was the realization of a dream in that sense. So many sounds or images from this movie had just been swirling in our heads for mm -hmm. years and you know it was always this like oh, one day when we're able to put this on screen never knowing when that one day was going to be if it was ever going to be you know yeah. and certainly uh, uh, certainly didn't seem likely for a while. So getting to actually get the cameras rolling, getting to get the musicians assembled, when you start actually rolling film or actually recording music, it's like it already feels like a victory in a way when you've been kind of nursing it for that long.
cast. I can't imagine anyone else being in those roles and I don't think it would have been the film it was. Taking nothing away from you without those two, I think there's just something magical between their relationship, their chemistry, and just how they approach this film. Some other girl and guy would love this swirling sky, but there's only you and I, and we've got no shot. This could never be. You're not the type for me And there's not a spark inside What a, a waste of a lovely night You say there's nothing here Well, let's make something clear I think I'll be the one to make that call It's your call And though you look so cute in your polyester suit It's wool You're right, I'd never fall for you at all have to do a lot of prep. Is that Ryan playing the piano and the dancing and the tap and all that kind of stuff? Well, thank you. But as you say, I mean, really the credit goes to Ryan and Emma and to the rest of the cast mm -hmm. because everyone was doing something that they hadn't done before. Ryan and Emma hadn't been in a musical. They'd never done sort of dancing or singing like this before. And then, you know, when we had a trained musical professional like John Legend, well, he had never really acted on screen before. So, <laughs> yeah. so all of us were kind of equally outside of our comfort zones. But I think that can make for an exhilarating time on set and hopefully it can make for good art, you know, where everyone is not approaching it as a normal job. Certainly with Ryan and Emma, Ryan was learning piano for about five months prior to shooting. There's no piano double in the movie, so even close-ups of hands, it's all him. Um, oh, that's yeah, amazing. Yeah. That was actually less at my insisting and more at his. You know, he approaches the role like a, you know, almost like a method actor in the sense that everything was just an extension of character. And that's mm -hmm. actually what I wanted it to be. You know, I tried to, when Ryan and Emma and I would talk, a lot of times it was talking about how it should all just be acting, whether you're singing, dancing, playing piano, it should all be the same thing. It should all be one single expression, and that's the expression of the character. Character. They're masters at doing the really hard work and the heavy lifting and then making it seem like they didn't do any work at all, you know, <laughs> making it seem completely effortless and, and uh, so you don't see the sweat. So that was a joy and a gift getting to see them yeah. uh, do that. City of stars, 
Are you shining just for me? City of stars There's so much that I can't see Who knows I felt it from the first embrace I shared with you And then, oh man, you slam dunk our hearts at the end as well. And that song as well, I do a radio show every morning. I've played City of Stars, I would say, about 10 times already on the show. Oh, wow. Such a beautiful song. I've sung it to my kids at night at bedtime. <laughs> really? That's amazing. Yeah. i got to tell Justin that. That's awesome. I do think there's something about musicals, to me, is they can be more emotional than any other genre. The music itself, it's a shortcut to emotion. It, like, music can just cut through the noise, yeah. <laughs> you know, for lack of a better expression, and just really cut right to the heart in a way that words can and the great thing about the musical as a genre, it's the paradox of it, is that for a genre that's so predicated on fantasy and on, you know, define reality, mm -hmm. I think musicals can actually capture real-life emotions better than any other genre. Character, Sebastian's talking about his love of pure jazz and there's a little bit of you in there, I imagine. A little bit. <laughs> Damien sort of seeping in there. Yeah, I think uh, through Ryan's character, I was trying to hash out probably two competing sides of my brain, you know, and trying to balance a love of the old with uh, a need to be in the present mm -hmm. and trying to constantly find that bridge between the two. And I think Sebastian, his problem as a character is that he's kind of found himself mired in a sort of nostalgia that's basically its own dead end. His journey through the film is finding that balance, I guess, between, you know, this sort of idealized idea of what kind of art we want to make when we just sort of sit in our room alone and think the platonic ideal of what we would be, you know, and then what it actually is, what it actually is trying to work as an artist in real life. It's Pay the not, bills. It's not, yeah, it's, it's exactly. <laughs> and uh, yeah, sometimes you have to uh, be realistic. And yet I also wanted the movie to be kind of a celebration of not being realistic. But I think a lot of that was stuff I talked with Ryan about and that he felt strongly about as well, was trying to express that sort of inner fight that's going on in yeah. Sebastian's head between what he loves and what he knows he kind of needs to do. Bill, thanks 
having me back. You're welcome. I want you to know you're looking at a new man. Good. Man that's happy to be here. Excellent. Very easy to work with, man. Okay. And you're going to play the set list. Happy to. Even though I don't think anyone cares what I play, but yeah. yeah. Well, if by anyone you mean anyone other than me, that would be correct. I care, and I don't want to hear the free jazz. Right. Okay. Although I, I, I thought in this town it worked on a sort of one for you, one for me type system. How about two for you, one for me? How about all for you and none for me? That's perfect, yes. Great. Okay. Okay, mutual decision then. Right, made, made by me. Right, and I sign off on it, so. Whatever, tell yourself what you want to know. Well, welcome back. There's a nice way to say that, Karen. Do you describe Footblash as a musical? No, because I, I have a, uh, I mean, you know, I guess in some way, but I, I, I have like a, I go by the strict definition <laughs> that you're only a musical if you actually break the diegesis, if there's music coming out of literally nowhere accompanying you. So that in my mind, movies about musicians where they're playing music on screen and it's all justified aren't, aren't musicals or something else. They're music movies, I guess. So I think of Whiplash as a music movie. I think of this as a musical, but definitely you're right. It's the kind of flip side of the same coin. Why do you suppose I just hurled a chair at your head, Neiman? I, I don't know. Sure you do. The tempo? Were you rushing or were you dragging? I, I don't know. Start counting. Five, six, seven. In four, five. damn it! Look at me! One, two, three, four. One, two, three, four. One, two, three, four. Now, was I rushing or was I dragging? Uh -oh. Count again. One, two, three, four. One, two, three, four. One, two, three, four. Rushing or dragging? Rushing. So you do know the difference! Would you mind if we talked about footlashes for a minute? Yes. Yeah. Right. You know, it's, it's part autobiographical in terms of your experiences uh, in a band. 
But in terms of the subject matter and jazz being the big thing about it and stuff, which is such a passion of yours and, and such a great thing to get out to the masses as well, was it easy for you to pinpoint the musicians that you wanted to talk about? Yeah, because in a way actually just goes back to personal tastes, I guess, or, or personal heroes of mine when I was starting to play jazz and who I... You know, so as a drummer, there were certain drumming heroes I had, some of whom are cited in Whiplash, yeah. like Buddy Rich and Joe Jones, uh, Max Roach. Same thing in La La Land. I'm not a pianist myself, but there I just kind of transferred that same sort of love to jazz piano greats. Not only that I loved, but that also I could see in forming Sebastian as a character. So in that case, it's, you know, certainly Polonius Monk was an important thing because we were developing the character. instrument has its own mythology and has its own lineup of heroes and its own mystique. of Justin when you were wanting him to you know, write original jazz score for Whiplash? What were the kind of conversations that you had with him for that? Well, it was interesting because in that case, he was in some cases answering to, as you say, like the, the standards like Caravan or Whiplash, Whiplash. the title track <laughs> that, we, that we had licensed for the film. But even though the score to Whiplash is a much more ambient-leaning sort of thriller score that would seem miles apart from the score to La La Land, the approach was still similar in the sense that it all began with trying to find a melody, a theme melody that would drive through the whole movie. I'm really a big believer, he and I are both a big believer in scores built around themes and built around a single melody or a single set of melodies that help unify the movie.
in that case, it, it's the you know the little sort of piano ditty that you see Fletcher playing in the uh, jazz club. That that melody is the entire score is just that melody, kind of inverted or or, or, or reprised in Whiplash. Thank you so much for your time. In fact, this is a film I'm going to be watching until I'm in my old age. It's, oh, thank definitely, you. Definitely, it's it's wonderful. Congratulations. Thank you, thank so, you so much. much. My Cheers. pleasure. From Justin Horwitz's score to Whiplash, that's Fletcher's song in Club, rounding off this latest episode of Soundtracking with the precociously talented top bloke, Damien Chazelle. My huge thanks to Damien for taking the time to talk to us. La La Land is on general release around the world now, with Justin's score available via Interscope Records. And as I mentioned earlier, I'm delighted to say that Justin is my guest next week. Head to edithbowman.com to find out who else I've spoken to on previous shows and find a list of all the tracks you've just heard in the order they appeared. If you can, please follow us on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. We're at Soundtracking UK. And do subscribe via iTunes, Audioboom or my website so as not to miss a single episode in the future. So then, composer Justin Horowitz is next. I look forward to the pleasure of your company then. <laughs>